No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer, and this is No Gray Zone Podcast. Today, we continue our March series talking to fantastic women who are changing the world through advocacy. And today, we are so excited to have Laura Lee Binstock. We are truly excited to welcome Laura Lee. She has taken her background in broadcast journalism, public relations, and business administration, and created a truly fantastic podcast called A Trauma Survivor Thrivers Podcast, where she talks about her own sexual abuse, her own mental health journey, and where she interviews survivors and other thought leaders. She also publishes an online magazine, Authentic Insider, and owns Ben Stock Media Group. Welcome, Laura Lee. Thank you. And for those of our listeners who may not have heard your podcast yet, can you tell us a little more about it? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on to your um, podcast. I really appreciate that. A Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast, I know that it's a handful, but I feel like it encompasses basically who I am and who the people I, I interview are right? They are people who have struggled with trauma, people who've dealt with mental health issues, and not only survived them, but thrived by taking their mess and making it their message. And, you know, kind of like what you guys are doing, you know, I I think when we take our stories, and we are able to help others kind of tell their story, because it is, it is therapeutic to talk about your struggles. And people need to hear them because I feel like there was a point when everyone wanted to pretend everything is okay, right? And it, and I love that nowadays it's okay to not be okay. And when you recognize it, you get the help that you need. And I think that is kind of what my podcast does. It, it gives people permission to tell their story and share their own story. So there's not, there's no shame in what they've been through. I love the idea of you take your mess and you make it your message. And it it really fits into your podcast. Uh, You have this ability to make listeners kind of feel less alone. and, And you've kind of created a space where survivors and, you know, people going through mental health crises feel empowered when they listen to your podcast, what caused you to want to talk about your own journey? Well, so for me, I dealt with childhood sexual abuse as a child, probably around the age nine or 10. I I tried blocking so much of that out that I kind of for, you know, it was always hard for me to pinpoint when that happened. But I never talked about it. I didn't talk about it 
until more than 25 years later. And that was only because I heard someone else's story who said, you know, they were talking about PTSD symptoms. They actually became a psychiatrist and talking to other people about trauma. And when I was, I was actually working with this person, I was working in PR and I was doing press for him. And he was telling his story about his sexual abuse and how he was going to take it to the grave and how he, you know, but it was eating at him. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, is that what I've been dealing with? I was misdiagnosed bipolar. 10 years prior, I had a mental breakdown and went into a, um, a psych ward and, and they diagno- diagnosed me bipolar. Come to find out 10 years later, it was just PTSD. And it was from this person who I was working with and listening to these symptoms. I was like, I might not be bipolar. I might just have PTSD and I need to figure this out. And even though I knew that, I still couldn't say it out loud. It was really hard for me. Even when I would go to my therapist's office, I was like, something happened to me. And I think I might, I might not be bipolar. I think I might be dealing with PTSD. And, you know, they're like, okay, well, what happened? You know, and I would just, I'd freeze and I I couldn't say anything. I just didn't want to talk about it. And I, this, and I saw him every week and every week I would say, okay, I think I'm ready to talk about it. But then I wasn't. And then I finally had a break, a breakdown, which, you know, I, I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell my husband about it. And then that breakdown became my breakthrough. You know, I was extremely suicidal at that time. And so when my husband kind of was just like, what is happening? And I told him, I just was like, I just need to say it out loud. And I just said it. I told him about the sexual abuse and it was by my father. And he was just like, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take care of this. We're going to look into residential treatment centers, which we did. We found an amazing one in Tucson, Arizona. And I was there for 31 days. And that was 31 days of just constant therapy, like different modalities, alternative therapy, just therapies I've never heard of. And when I was finally able to say it uh, to a group of strangers in group therapy, all of a sudden they started coming to me saying, that happened to me too. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. But I think for them, it was like, I'm not alone. And now that started their path to recovery. And they've been in treatment for a very long time, treating addiction issues and, you know, eating disorders. And so once they were able to kind of get to the root of the issue, which was some sort of sexual abuse, they were able to move forward and accelerate that path to recovery. Laura Lee, thank you so much for sharing your story and the courage of explaining everything you went through. We know talking about sexual abuse and mental health are not easy things to talk about. And for so long, there was a stigma on mental health. And putting your story out there and explaining all the different treatments you tried, all the misdiagnosis and everything that went right and went wrong really helps to normalize that it's okay to talk about and to get the help that they need. I know a huge part of your podcast and the magazine is the concept that it's okay to not be okay. And listen, I know it's easy to say, but it's really hard for everyone to actually put that into real life. Right. (laughs) So how do you work on being okay with not being okay? Uh, That's 
That's, you know, that's honestly something I'm still working on. It's, it's definitely a journey. I, some days I can handle it better than others. I can say, you know what, I'm having a really hard time. I'm just going to take a break for myself and stop pushing. You know, and that's kind of my, the whole, like, let me overwork myself is, is, is pretty much a trauma response. It's like this response of, you know, I, I've never felt good enough. I felt, never felt like, um, I did enough. So my trauma response was to do too much until, you know, the bottom fall out. And then I, I just be on the ground, not doing anything. So I, I've gotten to a point where I can recognize that I'm not okay, and just take a break and ask for help. Because I would never do that. I would always just I need to do it. I have to do it because if I don't do it, then I'm a failure. So it did get to a point. It, it's gotten to a point where I can stop, kind of take a breath and say, I need to ask for help or I don't need to do all of this. And I'm able to kind of stop and say, worst case scenario, if I don't do this, what's going to happen? Um, I never got to a, I was never able to get to that point prior to treatment. I went from like zero to 60 until like I just broke down. But I think that it's a matter of maintenance, right? You kind of have, you need to check yourself constantly, give yourself time. You know, I know as moms, this is extremely difficult. Like when can we ever say, I don't have time for, you know, to play right now. But I, and, and especially with COVID now, it's hard to separate work and, you know, family time. It's like everything's blended. And I think that makes it a lot harder for everyone to carve out that time that they need for themselves. But, you know, it's 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 a work in progress. I'm I'm getting better at it, but it it's it's a work in progress. And sometimes I I, I will have my little breakdown, but then I'm able to kind of get back up and realize like, OK, that was that was just a process I need to do better with recognizing when I need help. And I think so many of us have that same feeling and don't, you know, go to therapy or don't actually act on it. I know as moms and as, you know, women who work, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And so we really appreciate you talking about it. I know I do when I listen to your podcast, cause I like, will check myself. And I know I was on your podcast a few months ago and, you know, we talked about my, uh, my experience with sexual assault, which I hadn't ever really talked about out loud. So you are doing such important work for so many important, like for so many people. And I know now we have Authentic Insider, which is a relatively new online magazine. And Catherine and I are so excited to be featured in the March edition. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about how the magazine came about and what readers can expect from it? Well, it's interesting because I started the podcast and I knew I needed help, especially when it came to social media. I reached out to my old alma mater, the University of Florida, and I picked up a couple interns who got college credit for the work. And one of them kind of pitched me the idea about a digital magazine saying, you know, something Gen Zers are into. I didn't even know this. And I've never done anything in publication. So everything I did was broadcast. But I remember her saying, you know, I love looking at digital magazines. It's just there, there's just so much to look through. And it got me thinking, I was like, okay, well, you know what, pitch me an idea of how this this magazine would look and let's see how we can kind of make it work for a trauma survivor thrivers podcast. And she did. And then I love that the fact that, you know, we can ask people to contribute their own story, maybe people who don't want to be on the podcast, 
or people who just love writing and just want to journal. It's like a place where they can write and share their own story. And, and I think that was, I, lo- I loved compiling the idea of compiling the magazine. I didn't realize how much more fun it was when, when she was like, oh yeah, I'll take care of it. And then she taught me how to do some of the things for it. I just took over. I was like, I just love doing this. This is so much fun. I can totally see why people want to do magazine. It's just a really fun thing to put together, but I feel like it's it's a great platform for a lot of different perspectives in one click, you know, and then, and it gives me an opportunity to do a little writing myself, share some experiences that, because most of the time for my podcast, it's very much, I love to just interview my guests, right? It's mostly about my guests. And so whenever I, if something strikes me, I just, write and then I'm like, okay, maybe that'll fit in the magazine. And and it's just been really fun to do. One of the things that I love with your podcast and across all your social media and digital magazine is the emphasis on self-care and taking the time to help yourself. I think generally as moms and women in general, we kind of really stink at self-care. It's much easier to worry about others or putting our children husbands, co-workers, partners first, that oftentimes we kind of get lost on the self-care aspect. So what are some of your favorite self-care tips or what do you do to take time for yourself? Well, that is actually a really hard thing. I know it's like practice what you preach, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've been better about asking my husband for time for me. I, I, was, I never did that. And I think that that is a big, big one is just asking for help and not feeling shame for getting the time that you deserve because you are parenting all day and you're also working mom. So you're also working all day and then you're, you know, working at night when you can. So it's just taking that time to ask for a break, like to excuse yourself from the day to day. I think that is definitely a big one because then you can take that time to take a long bath, uh, take take a nice walk, go on a little hike, meet up with some girlfriends. I think with COVID, everything's been a little bit more difficult. And to do that, it's it's like we can't go out and have drinks with our, our mom friends and we can't just go to a movie or go get a massage. I mean, some people may, I'm still working on what I'm feeling more comfortable doing, but I can tell you that I really would love a massage. And um, (laughs) so that is definitely something I would look forward to. But in February's magazine, I I actually put in 28 days of kind of self-care a day. And, and, the one thing I put in every single day is to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Because there's something about like, you being able to tell yourself that you love that you love yourself. I know it sounds silly. And it, it was really hard. It was actually a tip one of my guests, my podcast guests told me about he was a trauma coach. He's like, it's, it's a really hard thing to do. It sounds simple and it kind of sounds silly. But when you go in front of the mirror and you're like, I love you. <laughs> and then it, get, then it becomes a little, you get more confident. There is this quote, the way you love yourself is the way you teach others to love you kind of thing. And it's just, it's, it's, it's definitely just putting yourself out there. And definitely um, one thing I definitely make time for is therapy. I absolutely, it's, it's a lot of work sometimes, especially it's trauma therapy, 
but I feel like I, I, I also need it. You know, I also need time to read and I also need all these, this time for myself. And it's like, I don't know why we don't have more time in the day to do these things, but it's doing the things that you really love and, ex- and doing it by yourself and excusing yourself from, you know, parenting. Obviously we can't do that when like, the, you know, your husband's working, put it on the calendar, just like you would any appointment or phone call, put me time in there. And I think that is, is something is a start. I think those are some great tips and I'm going to schedule in some me time and maybe even try to do that affirmations in the mirror. Um, We talked a little bit about COVID and, and, you know, I think there's, there's been a lot of talk and articles about how COVID has affected people's mental health because we're kind of trapped and we can't go and kind of get releases. Has that affected the podcast? How has it affected how you've, you know, done the magazine? Have you talked about COVID and, and, you know, how it's kind of affected your mental health journey? Well, yes, COVID has affected me tremendously because, you know, even though I started the podcast during COVID, I, I kind of started thinking, okay, I'm going to get the help. You know, I started over the summer um, last year during COVID in 2020, but I was with my in-laws. So they were helping me with my kids. And I figure, okay, I'm going to go back to, you know, I'm going to go back to DC and my kids are going to go back to school. And then I'm going to have so much time to do all of the things I want. No, that obviously didn't happen. My kids go to school part-time and uh, there's, they're in a hybrid schedule. And it's what I tell myself now is that, you know, and actually this is something my husband reminded me of when I started freaking out the other day was this isn't going to be forever. Just imagine, I think, you know, my, I think my daughter is going to be going back to school somewhat full-time four days a week till about two forty-five, And that is just a blessing in of itself. Um, so he's just, tr- he's reminding me that this isn't forever. And I think I need to keep reminding myself that I don't have to do all of these things right now because I am my own boss, right? I'm lucky enough to be in that place where I can say, you know what, my mental health needs, I need to take a break. But, you know, it, it, it can be really hard for a lot of people, especially people who are in abusive situations at home. And, and that's what I, I talked about that a lot in my podcast in the first season when I interviewed Michael Maduro of Child Help. This is, this is really hard. People can't escape, you know, it's not, it's, you know, people who left to go to college and thought, okay, I've left my abusive home, you know, dorms closed, they back in this, their situation that they thought they escaped. And, and that's really, really hard. And I can't say enough, you know, they're, luckily, we have the internet, and we can, you know, reach out through so many different ways, because I think that for a lot of the people who were stuck in their abusive um, homes and the situation, there were, there were kids who were calling these hotlines saying that they're quarantining with their abuser. And I think uh, there's a lot more of that, you know, maybe not to, you know, not to that extent, but people are struggling. Isolation is, it really drives depression and anxiety and then it's like, then you have to adapt to go back to um, work or school. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I, now I'm around people. And, and, and that's what I think as parents, we worry about with our kids too. So we're dealing with, you know, how are, how are our kids like socializing and then 
kind of having to deal with that. And I, th- I just think there it's, it is really hard for a lot of people right now. But I think, again, it's a matter of kind of taking the time to stop and do a lot of self-care to just really, really think about the things that you need to do for yourself. I think you raised some really important points. It's COVID's kind of changed everything from how we interact with the people in our lives, our families, our friends. It's it's not going out with girlfriends for drinks. Maybe it's scheduling a cocktail hour Zoom or finding some way to do a socially distanced coffee or like you mentioned earlier, a hike or a walk. But what are some of the things that you think over the past year when you've been doing your podcast that are the most important things you've learned or have taken from some of the guests that you've had on your show? I feel like a lot of the stuff that I'm telling you, I've also learned from my guests, Um, just really focusing on self-care, you know, telling yourself that you love yourself, just being a lot kinder on yourself, I think has been really helpful. You know, it's, it's the whole like talking to your inner child, like, don't talk to yourself, you would never talk to another person the way you talk to yourself. Sometimes, you know, like, there's no way I probably I would tell my friends, you know, like, get it together. You need to you need to get it together. You're you're sucking really badly right now. So I think it's just really changing how we kind of talk to ourselves is a start. I, I interviewed a woman. Um, her name is Emily Golden. And her book is The New Golden Rule. I'm like, how lucky is that? But it's, you know, that whole idea, like treat others as you would like to be treated. It's more like her idea is treat yourself the way you want others to treat you. Because the the old golden rule was more of, it was like you were, you were expecting something. And if you kept, if you were expecting someone to treat you a certain way, you, sometimes you'll be waiting forever. But if we kind of take care of ourselves first, all of the other things will kind of work itself out. It's like the whole mask on the airplane. And, and I think that is kind of the root of all of it, right? Just your personal, your self-care, taking care of your old wounds and, and just kind of getting yourself back on to path to recovery and healing. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's right. And we need to all kind of do more of it. And I think that, you know, one of the last questions we want to ask you is you put yourself out there a lot. You talk about your story a lot. Would you change any of that having had this experience now for about a year? You know, I, I don't think I would. That's that's interesting. I think my biggest regret is not talking about it sooner because I'm just thinking how how much better would it have been if 10 years ago I, I would have been on this this path to healing. We can't go back and we can't change the past. But, you know, that's why I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to kind of speak their truth because it's a lot of work to time to be somebody that other people want you to be. And I felt like I was doing that for a long time. And and it was a really, really hard thing to do. And I feel like now that I'm just more honest with myself and with other people too, I'm not, I'm not keeping these friendships that no longer serve me. I'm not hanging on to all of this, all the baggage that was really holding, holding me back. I'm not I'm not scared of that anymore. And I think that has really helped me on my path. And I think telling my story was just the beginning of it. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Thank you, Laura Lee, so much for joining us. 
for sharing a bit of your story here, but even more for being your authentic self and sharing your entire story on your Trauma Survivor podcast. And we're going to put the link to the podcast in the notes and the social media. We want to make sure everybody knows that they can check out your podcast, the Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast, and they can find you on social media at a Trauma Survivor Thriver on Facebook. And it's the underscore for Instagram at trauma underscore survivor underscore thriver on Instagram. Yeah, I should probably make that a little easier. But yes, that is it. You just search trauma survivor and it'll come up. Oh, good. (laughs) And don't forget to check out the digital magazine, The Authentic Insider. And we'll have a link for that in our notes as well. So everyone can check it out. And as always, if you like what you hear on this podcast, please subscribe and you can find us on social media, No Gray Zone RRC on Instagram or Twitter and No Gray Zone on Facebook. And tune in next week for Empowered Woman of the Month. There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to women empowerment. Thank you for listening. I'm just good at caring too much.